Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of the Mach 1 Market Moment. I'm Walter Storholt alongside the great team at Mach 1 Financial Group here in Northwest Arkansas. Joining us today is Retirement Income Planning Specialist David Lee. If you'd like to get more information about the team at Mach 1, you just go to mach-onefinancial.com. David, hope you're doing well. How are you, sir? Doing great, Walter. How about you? Glad to hear that. I am well and looking forward to our conversation today. We're tackling the five counterintuitive pieces of financial guidance that everybody should be thinking about. You know, some advice, David, just makes good old sense, but sometimes the guidance we get doesn't really align with our expectations, but it's not always a bad thing. I want to talk about some of these pieces of counterintuitive financial advice that you may or may not receive as you go through your financial and retirement preparation. I'll start off with a, a good one and probably an easy one for us to tackle. And uh, it may seem a bit counterintuitive, but it's okay to be a skeptic. Counterintuitive that a financial advisor would say it's okay to be a skeptic, but you know why, David, is skepticism an okay thing? Yeah, absolutely. You should never just take whatever investment advice an advisor gives you at face values or, you know, take it as gospel as if, as if that human being advisor has some crystal ball and they know the future. Obviously none of us know the future. And so that's why all types of investments carry degrees of risk because the future is unknowable. So it's normal and healthy to have a bit of skepticism and you should feel free to ask questions and, you know, ask the tough questions. I'd, I have a lot of clients who question me on, well, why are you, why are you recommending this? Or are you sure that's the best thing and why and so forth? Because like I said, we're all human. We're all fallible. No one has a crystal ball. There is no such thing as a financial guru. Now, I'm not saying that that means that financial advisors aren't, aren't worth having. Obviously, that's what I do. And, and I know that we provide great service and great advice to our clients, but the approach that we take is since the future is unknowable, we use a variety of investment strategies that even if I'm wrong about what I think the the future holds economically, the strategies are designed to mitigate your risk on the downside. So it's so it's healthy and normal to have uh, skepticism and ask the tough questions. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't think, well, this this guy or gal must know more than I do. So even if that doesn't sound right, I'm not going to ask any questions because I assume that he or she is smarter than I am. It's health, It's good and healthy to have a fair amount of skepticism when it comes to recommendations that an advisor gives you. You might think a financial advisor would also try to rush you into decisions to make a sale, to get you to sign on the dotted line. But David, it's a bit of a piece of counterintuitive advice to say, you know what, actually, it's a good idea to take it slow as you make financial decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes for pretty much any financial decision, whether it's working with an advisor and, and following his or her uh, recommendations for a product or buying a car or buying a timeshare or buying anything, any product. If, if a salesperson ever tells you, oh, you got to get this now. If you don't get this now, it's gone forever. That's usually a red flag. So anytime someone's trying to rush you into making a, a purchase, especially if it's a, a large financial purchase, that's a red flag. You should always back away from that as a rule of thumb. So, yeah, I think that's great advice. Never rush into anything. If you ever feel pressure from a financial advisor or from any person selling you a product, that should be, like I said, a red flag to say, oh, I'm going to take my time and take this slow. So our process here, first appointments with us are typically just letting the potential prospect understand what our investment strategies are, 
how they're unique and different compared to our competition, what they all cost. And then I uh, send that person home with a data sheet to fill in. And I just simply tell them, hey, if you're if what you saw here today is unique and different compared to anything you've seen out there or as you go out there and you interview our competitors and you know you'll see hopefully a, a difference between what we're talking about versus what our competition is if what you've seen here today seems valuable to you simply fill this data form out and um, at your convenience call back and schedule a second visit and at that second visit i'll give you my recommendations at the second visit i then do exactly what i said i deliver my recommendations for what i think their portfolio should hold based on their unique situation as far as their age, their retirement savings, when they're planning to retire, what lifestyle they're planning to retire with, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end of that meeting, it's typically like, hey, why don't you guys go home, think about this, pray about this, whatever your decision-making process is. And and uh, after you've had a time to evaluate it, if you want to move forward, then call back. And at that third appointment, we will uh, do all the paperwork required to implement this plan. So you can see it's a very low-key, no-pressure process of letting that prospective client understand that, hey, if this is of value to you, then move forward. If not, then then that's fine. But anytime someone's saying, hey, you got to do this now or it's gone forever, that's a red flag. You should Going slow is usually better than going fast, especially when it comes to large financial purchases or large investment decisions certainly a logical way to look at it. Now, I'm going to pick on Dave Ramsey here for a moment, and, and I might be taking some of his analysis and applying it to you know, a bit of a different situation. But I know I've heard on his show many times before, as he's talking about getting people out of debt, and then sometimes he'll talk about mutual funds and the kind, those kinds of things. And he'll say, just pick a mutual fund that's uh, done well over the last uh, you know, several years that's averaged at least you know, XYZ return. And, you know, stick your money in that mutual fund and you'll be good to go. While that makes sense to kind of say, okay, this one has done well in the past, so it'll probably continue to do well, be careful. A a bit of a counterintuitive piece of advice, but one that makes a lot of sense, is that past returns don't necessarily tell the whole story. Absolutely. In fact, if you look on every single legitimate investment known to man, if it involves anything in the market, like an, an, an exchange traded fund, a mutual fund or whatever, it'll always have a disclosure attached to it that says past performance is no guarantee of future results. And by the way, you know, you mentioned Dave Ramsey. I'm a fan of Dave Ramsey. I've, I'm a graduate of Financial Peace University myself. I, I like his advice when it comes to the importance of getting out of debt and staying out of debt and how you have a concrete plan to accomplish those objectives. But yeah, I think when it comes to investment advice, I think there are some flaws in some of the things that he says. And this is one of them that you pointed out that just pick a mutual fund that's had this track record of averaging X percent per year and put all your money in that. And even though he didn't say all your money in one fund, he it's a little more nuanced than that. But to your point, past performance is no guarantee of future results. To use a sporting analogy, picking a mutual fund that's been doing great over the last X number of years is like if you're playing hockey, you're, if you're skating to where the hockey puck is right now, by the time you get there, hmm. you've missed it, right? So oftentimes funds that are performing the best now are going to be some of the worst performers in the future. It has to do with supply and demand. You know, everything in the economy and in markets is driven by supply and demand. If you get to a point where everybody that's interested in that fund has invested and there's no more interested investors to invest, then all you've got left are the people who've who've already had their good returns and they're ready to start taking withdrawals. So at that point, 
the sellers outstrip the buyers. And so due to just supply and demand of the fund itself, it starts to go down in value. Even if the underlying investments or stocks within that fund may be performing okay, if you've got more sellers of the fund than buyers, you're going to have poor performance of the fund. So again, past performance is definitely no guarantee of future results, especially when it comes to mutual funds. Don't just simply, it's not enough to simply look at past performance and uh, use that to determine what to invest in. If your only investment option is mutual funds, which is very common within 401ks or 403bs, for example, you have a menu of mutual funds that you can choose from. Rather than looking at the 10-year or since inception performance and saying, well, I'm going to put my money in that one, what I typically advise is pick the lowest cost fund in each of the categories. So you might want to pick whichever one has the lowest expense ratio in the large cap category. Pick one that's the lowest expense ratio in the small cap category, the lowest expense ratio in the mid cap category, and so forth. Because then you're using objective criteria rather than something that can change. You're going based off of, well, which one's the lowest cost? Because oftentimes, oftentimes, lowest cost funds generate the highest long-term results. Good analysis and observation there for sure. Yeah, the, it's in the disclaimer. Uh, past returns don't dictate you know future results and to be aware of that. But yet uh, often people look at the good performers and see where they're going, uh, go ahead and extrapolate that out. And that's not always the wisest course of action. It's also good to be an outsider, David. That's a piece of counterintuitive financial advice. That one's a little vague, but uh, explain what we mean by that. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go back to the Dave Ramsey course since you uh, mentioned this earlier. One of Dave Ramsey's topics, as I said earlier, I, I am a fan of his when it comes to his advice of getting out of debt, staying out of debt. One of his uh, sayings is, live like nobody else, so later on you can live like nobody else. Or to put it in another term, don't get caught in the trap of trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, you should feel comfortable in your own skin, feel comfortable being an outsider, feel comfortable – uh, driving that that used car without a car payment as opposed to your neighbor who's got the the newest whatever it is and they've but yet they're dragging a $600 a month car payment behind them or whatever whatever it may be so don't get trapped in the idea of trying to keep up with the joneses and and getting yourself in big debt traps to try to keep up with the crowd yeah, that's a good point as well. So don't be afraid to be an outsider. And last but not least, David, this one is counterintuitive as well. The Internet has done a lot of great things for us in our lives and in economy and business these days. But we do need to recognize that when it comes to financial investing and preparing for retirement, many, many times the Internet is not our friend. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought this one up because that is so true. The internet is absolutely not your friend. You always have to consider the source, no matter where it's coming from, whether it be an advertisement on TV that's, for example, bashing an annuity product or whether it be an email that you get through the internet that's talking about the next hot marijuana stock that you should invest in or whatever it may be. You always have to consider the source and say, who is it that's really, really behind this? You know, you can't just look at it and say, oh, well, it's the stock of the week.com, so they must know what they're talking about. No. Well, who, who are the authors behind that? Really dig down and do your research because everybody has an axe to grind, and you want to know what axe is it that they're grinding. Why is it that they want you to think that that marijuana stock is the thing you should invest in? Why is it that they want you to think that annuities are terrible and their advice is the best? Why is it that 
insurance people want to make you think that stocks are terrible to invest in and they're high risk and you should put all your money in annuities. Why is it that gold salesmen make you think that stocks are terrible and they're just extremely risky and annuities are terrible and they're just paper investments and so you should have all your money in gold and gold coins? Every single one of those has an ax to grind. Every single one of those messages have an ax to grind. There may be certain benefits to each one of those. In my opinion, not necessarily all of those things I mentioned are good ideas, but there may be. There may be certain benefits to each one of those things that I mentioned, but the important thing is know who the source is. Consider the source. Understand that they've got an ax to grind, and just because you see them on TV, you see them on the Internet, does not mean that they are the authoritative source of truth on that topic. Always great points, David. And I know this is the kind of advice and guidance that you're giving to clients and folks that walk through your door each and every week. Tell us real quickly what it's like to work with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group and you know why you cover things like, hey, this is you know g- good advice for you to follow, or hey, you need to be skeptical of you know what's out there in the financial world. Uh, why do you take people through such a detailed conversation about their finances? We are a fiduciary advisor, which means we have a legal and moral obligation to do what's in people's best interest. So you kind of heard me talk earlier about how we're we're very low key as far as our process. You know, hey, if this sounds good to you, if if you see more value in what we're offering, if you can see how we're being objective about the pros and cons of gold, the pros and cons of stocks, the pros and cons of annuities, the pros and cons of whatever it may be. If you can see a difference in in our strategies, you know, the uniqueness of using an artificial intelligence strategy that has downside protection by uh, shorting the market in down markets. If you can see the unique value of using a hedging strategy, if you can see the uniqueness of of using a deep out of the money or what we call a vertical put option spread trade that's unique to us, and all of those things combined with indexed or fixed annuities for safety, if you can see the uniqueness of that and how we're objective and not, I guess you'd say, biased in terms of feeling that one investment approach or one investment category is is superior to all others because the truth is no investment strategy or category is superior to any other. Every single one has risks and rewards. And so our view is that the best approach is an approach that is kind of an all of the above approach. We use a little bit of everything because everything has certain pros and cons. So as far as what it's like to work with us, it's very low key. It's it's kind of like I talked about earlier. Hey, if this makes sense to you, if you see unique value in this, then work with us. If not, that's fine. And if you decide you want to work with us before we'll give you any recommendation that says, well, we think you ought to do this, this and this, we're going to do a thorough complimentary retirement analysis that takes into account the uniqueness of your situation in terms of how old you are, what you have saved so far, what you're saving per month, what your future Social Security income is going to be, what your future pension income is going to be, if any, what the inflation rate is going to be, what tax rates are going to be. It takes into account all of that and, and even more. And based on all of those inputs, we're able to do a fairly accurate projection for you and say, here's, here's what kind of rate of return we think you're going to need to average if you want to retire at age X. And then whatever that rate of return is, that's how we determine 
how much risk you should or shouldn't take within your portfolio and therefore how much ought to be in safe vehicles like fixed and index annuities and how much ought to be in the risk vehicles such as artificial intelligence or options or or whatever it may be. So we let the numbers do the decision making for us in terms of how much risk you should or shouldn't take as opposed to how you feel about risk on a risk questionnaire. So that's that's also something that's unique about our approach in that it's just a very objective numbers based almost I guess you could say almost a scientific method of how we determine portfolio allocations for folks. Always helpful to get that insight and information and uh, like David said if you'd like to have a conversation about your financial situation and what'll put you in the best possible position moving forward in terms of retirement and your financial preparation give a call to the team at 479-876-2100 that's 479-876-2100 you can also find them online for more information at mock one financial Com. That's mock-1financial.com. Or again, you can call David Lee, Kyle Alexander, and the great team at Mach 1 Financial Group by dialing 479-876-2100. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Mach 1 Market Moment. Advisory services offered through Fusion Capital Management, which is registered as an investment advisor with the SEC and only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not imply that the advisor has achieved a particular level of skill or ability. Please consult your financial advisor as many financial and insurance products have associated fees. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss.